What's up, Yankee fans? It's Greg, another edition of Yankee Crazy Podcast, and I think this is our 31st episode, and I've been doing this for like three weeks now, I think, so not bad, not bad, keeping consistency, and 31, maybe we should, I should have started earlier, but 31... Well, I did number nine as ninth episode for, as the Greg Nettles episode. I guess I could have done each episode as uh, a Yankee player and highlighted them. But uh, maybe we'll start that in like the, the 40s. We'll do like one for Billy Martin and things like that. But 31 was Dave Winfield. So Dave Winfield, you know, wish he would have had a, a World Series in New York. But he didn't. Still a great player. Lots of lots of great Dave Winfield memories. Do you remember when he used to hit home runs? He would hit line drives in Yankee Stadium. He would he would crush the ball, and it would be a line drive into the left field seats. Awesome player. Awesome player. Hall of Famer. He's in the Hall of Fame. I don't know. Did he go in as a Padre? I'm not sure about that. But. Anyway, we're going to have a condensed week this week. we got the holidays. we got to give uh, our entire staff the, uh, <laughs> some days off, right? So I'm not sure when we'll be coming to you, but got to give Mario some time off, right? He's, like, been, been just killing it on the, uh, on the production end. But today, I want to talk about this article that came out by, I don't even want to name, I'm not even going to name the guy, I actually did figure out his name, because uh, a lot of people have been posting this, but good and bad about this story, so this is about Mariano Rivera and his Hall of Fame candidacy, his Hall of, Hall of Fame uh, induction I guess you would say, because it, it, he's definitely going in. It, it, it's, it's no doubt that Mariano, first ballot Hall of Famer, and like I've talked about in the past, some writers, they've got this thing where no one should go in first ballot. It's, it's this weird, I don't know, I don't know what to describe it. Like they, like they think they're... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I really, I, I can't compre- comprehend it. When there's a player su- such as Mariano Rivera, he deserves to go into the Hall of Fame. And I, it's ludicrous that anyone can say anything that he shouldn't go into the Hall of Fame. And this nonsense of, oh, well, I don't vote for anybody first ballot that they're on is just, it's crazy. It is crazy. It's not like my podcast here, say, title called Yankee Crazy Podcast. It's crazy as in you're insane, okay? So, turns out this writer, surprise, surprise, is a Red Sox writer for some, I don't even know, some, some, some outlet, some paper that I've never even heard of. So, that is one of the first glaring parts of this. And there could be other guys, but this guy wrote an article about why he's not voting for Mariano Rivera. And here's the flip side of it. The only good thing about this is that he's saying that he's not submitting a ballot so that 
<clears throat> excuse me, Mariano could potentially be a unanimous decision into the Hall of Fame. So that's at least good. At least he recognizes that and doesn't want to take away from it. But just the fact that he's written this article that is not good. His reasons are not valid. He's basically saying anyone can come in and do the closer's role. He brings up, surprise, surprise, a Red Sox writer bringing up Pedro Martinez and saying that he, Pedro Martinez, he interviewed and he said, if I was a closer, I'd still be pitching now. (sighs) Please, 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 please stop the ridiculousness, okay? Pedro Martinez, as much as it pains me to say, was a great pitcher. (laughs) The Yankees slapped him around all the time, which was really awesome. Uh, But I I dislike him very much. uh, And I think it all... Obviously, it all stemmed when he was on the Red Sox, but it really heightened when he threw down Don Zimmer in the... What was it? I think it maybe was 2004 playoffs. Oh, man can't stand, can't stand him, and I I can't stand that he's on whatever network, does he do Fox, or he's on MLB, I don't know, I don't know, I just, I dislike the guy because of that, he just, you know, now you see him when he talks, sometimes when I have to watch, because of whether it's, uh, I'm stuck on the channel or something like that, you know, he's, he can be insightful, but I just not a fan, just don't like him, so that in itself is just ridiculous, and obviously this guy, Red Sox, anti-Yankees, even even writers who are supposed to be impartial, right? I don't even want to go into detail on this guy's reasons, because they're so bad. It's, it's, it's alarming that there are people out there who have these ideas, and like I said, at least he's not submitting a ballot, but he's trying to get his 15 minutes of fame because I had never heard of him. I had never heard of this so-called paper he writes for, or who knows, maybe it's just a website. I, I don't even know. It's uh, based somewhere in Massachusetts. And, you know, I first read that and I'm like, oh, there you go. Now it makes sense. Anyway. Mariano Rivera deserves to be in the Hall of Fame first ballot and unanimous. What he did playing for the Yankees and closing games is legendary. It is historic. Just the fact alone, pitching in New York, that's number one. Number two, the closer's role, not every pitcher has the mental capacity to be able to be a closer. It is a day-in, day-out job where you have to be on, and it is the most critical part of the game. And the thing I loved about Mariano Rivera, and I think the reason why he was so amazing, well, not only because of uh, physical abilities and being able to throw that cutter, but if he had a blown save, they would talk to him about it, and he would still be loose. He would say, you know, he would, he would give his answers, he'd give his reasons, and he'd say, basically, tomorrow's another day. And closers need that, I think. Well, may, maybe not all. Maybe not all of them are like that, but to have a long 
outstanding career as a closer, I think you need to have that mentality like he did and just put it behind you. And it, uh, you know, it's a great metaphor for life, right? You, you learn from your mistakes, but you put it behind you. Tomorrow's another day. Wow. Well, I think we got a book. What do you think, Mario? You think we could do uh, the closer's philosophy on life? What do you think? Maybe we could get Mariano to co-author it with us. What do you... <laughs> I don't know. I see a lot of uh, correlations to, to life and the role as the closer, right? Yeah, we could, we could work on that. That's a whole show in itself. <laughs> anyway, so you give all of those things about Mariano, and then you bring up the fact that he did it in the postseason, which has the most pressure, not only being in New York, but the added pressure of trying to win a World Series. And this guy trying to make it seem that it's easy. And granted, yeah, maybe a lot of pitchers can go in there and get one save, two saves, but you're not getting the most amount of saves in Major League Baseball history and in the playoffs. It's just, it is crazy. It is crazy. And I'm sure there's going to be some other person that comes out and doesn't vote for him. It'll probably be one of these... uh, one of these people who, like I said, are so like high and mighty, like, oh, I don't vote anyone in on the first ballot. It's, it's just ridiculous. You know, get a clue. And just, you know what? And, and take away their voting privileges. Someone had a good response to this whole thing and said, if you go, if you're a writer and you go against 98% of the other writers, you should have your credentials taken away and you shouldn't be able to vote, which is true. If you're, if you're at 97, even you know, 96, 97, you, it, it, that is the majority, that is not, that is an overwhelming majority. And if you are against that majority and you are supposed to be a sports writer who is supposed to be non-partial, then you need your credentials taken away. It's, it's so ridiculous, so ridiculous, but you know what, in, I don't know, seven months, three months, who knows, it won't matter, it really won't matter, who's going to remember these people who don't vote for the great Mariano Rivera into the Hall of Fame, nobody, nobody's going to remember you people, so just stop who is that woman? Remember that woman? Stop the insanity. She, she was like a workout person. Um, I think her name was Susan Powder. She used to have those info, infomercials. And she had like the bleached blonde short hair. And, or did she have a shaved head? I don't know. Either way. I think, it was, I think it was like bleach blonde, like super like marine cut. And she used to yell out, stop the insanity, right? <laughs> that was her whole tagline. And I don't even know what she was selling. I think she was selling like uh, exercise videos. But... Anyway, stop the insanity. That could be the title of today's show. Stop the insanity, people, and get a clue. Or, or, 
get out of baseball. But anyway, like I was saying, no one's going to remember these people. It is all going to be about the amazingness of Mariano Rivera. And he should be celebrated. And it'd be pretty amazing if he was the only one voted in. Although, I guess Mike Messina is having some, uh, some, some votes right now. He's supposedly the early... Like, there's a lot more left, but a lot of people are putting their votes uh, public. And he's got, like, I think 73%. And there was one other person on the ballot who was close. And unfortunately, Andy Pettit is only at 10%, I think. So not, not looking good for Pettit this time around. But... We'll see. I'm not sure if, uh, you know, maybe Messina will go in with, uh, with Mariano and whoever that other person is, I can't recall as of right now. But either way, Mariano Rivera, and if you know anything about him uh, privately, he is just a really awesome person. Everybody in baseball, in baseball in the world thinks he's a spectacular human being, and that is what's most important in this whole scheme of things, right? I know, baseball's important, Yankees are important, but it comes down to if you're a good person, and Mariano is a Hall of Fame person. All right, we'll move on from that. I got, I got worked up. I need to have one of those Fitbits on my wrist to see how... <laughs> fired up I get my heart's like pounding because I'm um, I'm so I'm so crazy about this topic <sighs> okay deep breaths <laughs> all right moving on other story I want to talk about is Miguel Andujar and he's getting a really I feel bad for him he must be hearing all of these rumors that Basically, the Yankees are shopping him around to everybody and that Manny Machado is going to come in and eventually take his place once Didi comes back. So, I just, I feel bad. That's got to be pressure on somebody to be in the offseason. And I'm sure he hears the rumblings and I know he's on some social media. So... If you're if you're just hearing this and you you look up stuff or maybe he tries to like not even look at it, but it's got to be tricky. I think he was with was he with he was with Gary Sanchez and Aaron Boone at a boxing match last week, and hopefully Aaron Boone talked to him and was like, dude, you know, from a player's perspective, and said, you know, I love you. I think we should keep you. Just improve your defense. <laughs> <laughs> but don't let it get to you. Don't let it don't let it bum you out. And a lot of rumors on this one. Supposedly the Yankees have talked about in internal Yankee things that has supposedly gotten leaked say that they think Miguel Andujar should be moved over to first and that is the likely landing spot for him, which if he could play first, and I don't know how his defense matches up with Luke Voigt and Greg Bird, but that would be pretty awesome. And here's the thing with first base. You know, as I've also said, uh, Miguel Andujar 
got a call from Adrian Beltre, and a lot of people bring up Adrian Beltre, uh, his stats about how his defense was not great when he first came up, and then he became a gold glover. So there is potential for that. And if you put him at first, I think he's a good defender. Did you, do you remember that leap, that leap and catch that Andujar made against, I think it was the wild card against the A's. He got, whew, his vertical jump was ridiculous. And he snagged a ball, snagged a line drive that I was like, holy cow. But if you put him over at first, obviously his offense doesn't need any help, except for walks. He needs to be a little more patient, although you could say he's, he's like a, a Vladimir Guerrero free swinger. And Vladimir Guerrero, one of the best hitters, could hit anything. You throw it in the dirt, the guy's hitting it out. It's crazy. But anyway, if you put him at first, then I would like to know what, um, I'd like to know what his amount of errors are in terms of how many were fielding and how many were throwing. And about first base, like I've always said, you need a really great defensive first baseman. If he can field balls at first and just knock them down and be able to get to the bag or, or lob it to the pitcher for an out, that's, you, that's a great, having a great defender there. And Miguel Andujar, I know he gets to a lot of balls. I don't know if it's from the transfer, from the glove, and throwing, or, or where the majority of those errors came from. What, did I just say errors? <laughs> errors. Um, <laughs> but we got to look that up. Mario, see if you can find out the statistics on how many throwing errors, how many fielding errors that he had, because it would be interesting. The only thing you'd have to really work on to teach him at first base would be scooping the ball out of the dirt. And that is an art form in itself. You look at guys like Mattingly, Teixeira, those guys, Tino Martinez, those guys could scoop the ball amazingly. And that is a big, big deal at first base. Because a lot of times you see guys will get, it'll be the in-between hop where it won't be like a smooth scoop. It'll be a bounce and you have to judge that bounce. And it's tricky. It is very tricky in order to get that cleanly and get the out. So we got to check that out because if he had a lot of throwing errors, obviously when you're at first base, you don't have to throw the ball too much, except if you're going to second base on the, uh, on the three, six, one double play. That would be getting the ball at first and either stepping on the bag and throwing to second or throwing it's more more of the more of the time it's throwing to second base getting the out there and then going back across the field to get the out at first so those are two plays but I think that's stuff he could work on and those are not the most common plays they're 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 pretty rare and Teixeira was awesome at that. And Mattingly, man, I remember. And I'm sure Tino, I'm, not, I'm just not remembering, but I remember seeing Mattingly turn those double plays. And, whew, man, outstanding, outstanding. But 
So that's, that's an option. That would actually be an awesome option if you think about it. You would have, when D, after Didi comes back, you'd have Machado at third, Didi at short, and Duhar at first, and Glaber Torres at second base. And that is a solid defense. The, forget about it. The left side, shortstop and third, with Didi and Machado on the same side. Are you kidding me? That's got to be one of the best shortstop third base combos in the history of MLB. So I hope, I like Andujar. I really do. I hope the Yankees can keep him. Although, like I said, if you can trade him for prospects and get really, or or really top-of-the-line pitcher, I don't know if I would do prospects, because prospects, there's a lot of question marks on prospects. But if you get an ace out of the deal, then you you make the deal. But we shall see. And the Padres are supposedly, quote, love and Duhar. And the Padres, their farm system, I believe, is ranked as the best in the majors right now. So if you got somebody back from them who's a top prospect, like number one, we're talking you got to be in like top five in MLB. Maybe you make that deal, but I'm still a little bit hesitant on prospects. Although look at look at Glaber Torres. He, outstanding prospect, came over with the Chapman deal with the Cubs. So you look at that and you say, well, maybe, maybe you take the shot. Not sure. That's why I like leaving it to Brian Cashman. <laughs> let him let him make these tough decisions, right? And then everyone can blame him. That's why that's why he gets the big bucks. All right, moving on. Another story going on out there now is Troy Tulawis Tula, Troy Tulawis Witsky. All right, I'm going to say that again. <laughs> Troy Tulawitsky. There you go. That's a that's a tough name. A lot, of, a lot of T's going on there, Mario. I bet you can pronounce that like amazingly with like the the, the Spanish accent. Even though <laughs> Tulowitzki isn't a Spanish name, but I'm sure you could do something with that. All right. So Troy Tulowitzki has not. I'm just, what can we, I, if I got to keep saying his name? I got to like shorten it. I would I would call him like Double T. That would be his nickname. Double T hasn't played in the majors since July of 17. Missed all of last year. And he had a workout in California that a lot of teams went to. Yankee scouts went. And he, and why he didn't play was he had surgery. He had surgery on both his heels. So I don't know what happened there. I have no idea how you need double heel surgery obvious <laughs> well obviously something is is going on with your feet but that's got to be rough cuz you can't walk and i guess he his workout was pretty good he looked well defensively and batting i did't know he had a closed stance but i guess he gave up the closed stance and Tulowitzki used to wear two number 2 cuz he was a big Derek Jeter fan so I liked him. I, I you know I, I liked him just for that fact. <laughs> when I heard that, anybody who wears two for Jeter, I I, I I like. So 
you know, he, he was most prominent with the Rockies. And then the Rockies, I think he was in his last year of a deal, and he, they, he got traded to the Blue Jays. And he played, I remember when he came, I guess it was 17, or maybe it was at 16. He played really well when he first came over for the Rockies. And really great hitter. And defensively, I think he was a solid defender. And he would have to, I guess, teams are they're, they're saying that he would have to make the major league minimum in terms of salary. And a lot of teams are saying, you know, why not take a chance on him? I could go into an ABBA song. <laughs> take a chance, right? <laughs> oh, Suzanne is a big ABBA fan. So that's what made me think of that. And uh, so is Dave Grohl. If you ever want to see Dave Grohl, he sometimes wears an ABBA t-shirt. That would be great if he did a remake of an ABBA song like Waterloo. Like hardcore Waterloo. Oh, man, that would be awesome. He's so great. Anyway, <laughs> I digress again. So, Troy Tulowitzki, uh you know... Do you take a chance on him? With the Yankees, it's kind of like, well, what's he, what's he going to really do for the Yankees? It, that's, that is if you get Machado. If you get Machado, it's, it's forget it. There's no point in getting Tulowitzki because he just would be, he'd just be an extra piece. Although, if you had Tulowitzki as an extra piece and he was your backup and you were just paying him the minimum, that's actually a good deal. Now, now that I'm talking this out, so maybe they should. Maybe they should. Can he play first base? Great, great defender. Like I said, those two other aspects of first base: throwing to second for a double for a double play, and scooping the ball. But wow, hmm. Maybe the Yankees should take a chance on him with with. Uh, first base. See if he would play first base. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting stuff. So we'll we'll monitor that. And then there was one other uh, news item that they said Yankees were looking at some infielder. It was kind of just. It wasn't anything major. It was. I think it wasn't. Although I didn't recognize the guy's name. Uh, not even sure who it was. But. It was, to, to me, it was minor because he wasn't a big name that I recognized. Although, like I always say, I'm not a baseball fan. I'm a Yankee fan. So a lot of times there are players on other teams that I just am like, oh, who? That guy? But anyway, that's, that's just the way it is with Yankee baseball and me. I just focus on the Yankees and I pretty much hear about other players when teams play the Yankees. <laughs> that is the only time I'm watching someone like Kansas City play <laughs> is when they're playing the Yankees. All right, guys, that is about it. We got the holidays coming up. We're going to have some time off, but I hope everyone is enjoying this holiday season. And I'm going to I'm going to wrap up with a little story, a little heartwarming story for the holidays and it is about Yogi Berra and Phil Rizzuto. And I read about this, and I guess Michael Kay uh, has told this full story on his show. But 
Phil Rizzuto, before he passed away, he was in a senior living home place in New Jersey. And it was right near Yogi Berra. And those guys were really, really good friends. Uh, Yogi and the Scooter. And Yogi's just uh, quality guys. Both of those guys, you know, the, the more you hear about them, obviously amazing baseball players. Yogi with 10 rings, guys. Uh, how, how awesome is that? 10 World Series rings. And it was pretty funny. Somebody said, Yogi Berra has more rings than the Red Sox entire franchise has. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. But anyway, Yogi lived super close to the scooter in New Jersey. And Scooter was having a tough time and he, I guess, did not love being in this uh, home. And it says that he was, you know, I think they said he was scared. So I don't know what he was dealing with Scooter uh, towards the end of his life, but just sounds like he wasn't, wasn't real happy there. But what Yogi would do, and this is this is just amazing. Shows some real deep friendship. Yogi would go to the and would go visit Scooter, and he would stay there all day. He would be with the guy all day, and they would play cards, and they'd tell stories, and Yogi would stay there even until he fell asleep. At night, because Scooter didn't didn't want to be alone and didn't, I guess, I don't know, maybe he was dealing with, with some anxiety being there. And I, I just thought that was awesome. Yogi Berra, big props to him for being such a solid guy. And, you know, all those yogiisms are what people know him by, but I feel like they should really know him by the quality of person he was and... The story just just really exemplifies that. So, holiday season. Hope you guys go out there, do some good, and be good people. All right? That's what I'm going to leave you with. As well as, let's go Yankees.